Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird coming to you live from San Miguel, El Salvador, uh, at a little place um, just outside of uh, San Miguel. It, uh, lots of interesting stories today. Um, should you drive in Central America? Well, I will say, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm in a very, uh, this is a really cool place that I found just outside of town. And I'll get into that at the end of the story. But because um, there's always, one of the biggest things is the unpredictability. You know, in the United States, things are pretty predictable. If you're going to drive, say, from, you know, Lexington to Cincinnati, you know that it's going to take you roughly an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Every once in a while, there'll be some, you know, event, there'll be an accident or something, but usually, you know, most of the time you're not going to be held up. Your itinerary is not going to be dramatically changed. There's just so many uncontrolled variables here. So on, let's see, what day was that? <clears throat> trying to think what's today. Today's Thursday. So um, I guess it was Tuesday. I was like, okay, it's like noon. I'm in a really good place. I'm 15 minutes from the Guatemalan border. No big deal. I'll be in Guatemala and I'll be able to drive in a ways, find a place, no problem. So I'm turning to find the Guatemalan border. It's right there on the GPS, main road, right to the border crossing. Drive right up to the border crossing, close to it. And there's a market. They've set up this festival right blocking the border. And I'm boxed in. There's nowhere. I can't get out. Like there's cars behind me. There's cars on all sides. And there's this party going on. Right. And the police are there. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm stuck. There's, no, there's nowhere I can go. Right. And then two taxi cabs in front of me decide to jet off down a one way street. So I follow them. So I'm flying down this one-way street with these two taxi cabs in front of me, dodging in and out. And, and these are like, these streets are not very big. And there's motorcycles everywhere. And there's chickens. And there's, I mean, it's, it's, I love it. I mean, it's just awesome. It's, 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 it's absolutely, uh, I just, I'm having such a great time. I've just gone into this, like, knowing that anything at any time can happen which I, I kind of like actually. And so finally, I finally, I'm trying to talk to local people to figure out, they're looking at me like, you know, who is this dude? They're, they don't know whether, you know, they're just, they're a little taken off by me. And I'm trying to use, you know, Google translate. And so I look at the map and I finally have to reroute. And then I go to reroute and there is a wake. Uh, so, you know, stuck behind a wake and then i go down another road and there's a bunch of horses with a police escort like 300 horses in a parade and then i go down another road and there's like <laughs> kids running in like a uh i don't know a relay or something with a police escort or you'll be driving down the highway in Mexico and all of a sudden there's like a car with two people riding a bicycle right down the middle of the road, like in the middle of a freeway. It'd be like, you know, it'd be like on the uh, on one of the main highways, two people are riding bicycles right down the middle of the highway. 
and they've got cars in front of them and behind them protecting them. And it, it's just, uh, it's, it's bizarre. So it took me two and a half hours to finally find somewhere to get into the border. And it was weird. It was in a really small town. It was hidden. So I get in there and I'm approached by what's called a fixer. And I'm very clear with these guys. I'm like, okay, because they start helping you and they're very helpful, but they can also rip you off a lot too. So you gotta be really careful. And I knew all the fees going in. I had to basically cancel my, I get an exit stamp from, from Mexico, had to cancel my, and Mexico was really crazy. Like they weren't going to let me leave because they couldn't take a picture. Uh, I, I tinted my front window. It's not super dark, but they were having problems getting a picture of the VIN from the dashboard. It was really crazy. And they took a picture of the VIN from the door and they weren't going to let me leave because they couldn't get a clear picture of the VIN on the dash. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. So finally, after like 45 minutes of them like trying to do all this thing, these, these things and stuff, uh, they finally, the guy's like, go ahead, you're good. So I finally get through. I run into this, uh, this, this guy approaches me. His English is pretty good. And I'm just up front. So what's your fees? Oh, what do you, what do you mean? Well, what do you charge? I know you're not doing this for free. And he goes, Oh, so it's this much. I think it was $40. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm not paying you any more than 40. If you do a good job, I'll give you extra. Cause what'll happen is, is they'll say, Oh yeah, it's 40. And then at the end they'll be like, Oh, amigo, there's this like, you know, like special tax that you need to pay or else, you, you know, it's, yeah, you just get that out of the front right away. Like, this is it. This is all I'm paying you. If you do a good job, I'll give you a little extra. So he actually does a really good job. I mean, he gets me, you know, you have to go, uh, you have to, there's just so many places you've got to go, right? So you've got to go and you got to get, you know, the dog checked in. That took the longest. Um, thank you. It's, it's, it's good to be here. Um, that took the longest because there had to be, you know, so we were getting all these things worked on separately. And then we had to, and the bank, in Guatemala as well, there's a bank that you pay. And if that closes, you're pretty much stuck there. So I was on a little bit of a time crunch because it's, this is getting close to like, you know, three, four o'clock and they close at like six, I think. And, and so we're doing all this paperwork. We get all the paperwork done. And then the lady comes out to the vehicle and she's like, points at the rooftop box. She's like, take it down. I want to see it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then she made me unpack the entire vehicle. So I'm there, it's 90 degrees, uh, and I am climbing up on top of my vehicle. I had to do this in Mexico, but they only made me open it. The guy just like kind of peeked in and he's like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. It's not full of whatever. Uh, guns, they, big guns is a big thing. They're like, when I was coming into Mexico, any weapons? I said, no, 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 just this baseball bat right here in a machete. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, so they actually made me open it and take pictures and then they, they you know they're like bring it down and i was like oh so i was like you know what mexico i think the box on top do not travel with a car carrier on the top of your vehicle if you're gonna do it carry it on the back or don't even have one at all so i was like you know i've heard the nicaraguan border crossing is an absolute nightmare and i'm just like i'm not gonna because i had it strapped down really good and it takes forever to get all that stuff out so i was like you know what i'm just screw it so i start i said senorita you know help me out here please i start handing her down stuff she was very nice i think she was kind of i think she was kind of um uh, getting some um validation 
bossing me around. It was pretty funny. Uh, I just laughed and smiled the whole time. I was, you know, calm. I think a lot of it is too, is they're trying to see if they can get you fired up. And I just smiled and laughed. And so I handed all this stuff down to her. She was very nice. And then I gave the, it's, it was just like, I'm glad I didn't buy like some fancy box carrier. It was just like one of those plastic thing, a good one from like Lowe's is like $35. So I just gave that to one of the helpers that was there. I was like, here, take this. It's like, oh, thank you. And so um, I stuff all of that in my car and I'm going to reorganize everything today. I'm going to put my back seats down. I think I can get everything reorganized because I'm like, you know what? Like, I think this, this roof box is, is a huge like uh, flag. And, and, and I learned when I went through El Salvador yesterday into El Salvador yesterday, they didn't even check my vehicle at all. So I think having that box up top is kind of like a, you know, we need to check your vehicle. So keep that in mind. If you do have something on your, on the top of your, on your vehicle, make sure it's something that you can just open quickly. That's, that's not like this thing was a huge ordeal because I had tie down straps and all that kind of stuff. And they make ones that have latches. You can open really quickly. If a car, obviously it's a lot easier because you don't have to climb up on the roof of the vehicle. Um, so we get through that process. And then of course the guy, the fixer tried to, to pull his little dance on me. And I was like, this ain't working, dude. Like, you're good. So I finally get out of there and the Guatemalan border where I crossed is in the middle of a humongous city market. It is like chaos. Like you've never seen there's motorcycles with eight year old girls flying down the road, uh, who can barely put their feet on the ground. I mean, driving on the, mo I don't know how they do it. It's, it's, it's insane. Like I I've never seen such great motorcycle, like in and out of trap, like flying down city streets that my pathfinder barely fits down at like 60 miles an hour. Like I'm, I'm just like in awe. I'm like, this is amazing. And so I'm just trucking along and I've learned, you know, you just kind of like wedge your way through and you just, you just, you just stay relaxed and you stay calm. And so I'm trying to find a place to stay. I was expecting to be further down the road. And so I get out of this little town and, and the roads in Mexico are pretty good, especially the highways. Cause there's more space. The, the, what they call a highway in Guatemala is, just two lanes. There's no shoulders in Mexico. There's a lot of great shoulders where you can pull over if you have a problem, not in Guatemala. And a lot of the roads don't have any lines on them at all. Okay. And so I get pulled over at this truck stop and a guy, a guy comes up to me and starts talking to me. He's like, Oh, Florida. He liked the Tampa Bay lightning uh, hockey team. I was like, so we started talking about it and he says, well, how long are you staying? What are your plans? I said, well, I'd like to, you know, I'm going to drive during the day and find a place to stay. And then I'm going to, you know, I'd like to get through here in, in like two days. He goes, he goes, you're not going to get out of here driving in two days during the day. In, during the day, it's going to be more like five. And he was like, you see this traffic now? It's like bumper to bumper 18 wheelers on a two lane road with motorcycles freaking flying down the middle and the side. I mean, nuts. Cars trying to bob in and out. He's like, during the day, it's even worse. And there's protesters. He's like, at least the protesters go away at night. He's like, you've got to do this overnight. And I was like, oh, man, that's like my number one rule. Don't drive overnight in Central America. He goes, I can take you halfway. He's like, you just glue to my bumper. You stick to my bumper and you follow me. And then when it's time for me to leave, he's like, if anyone tries to flag you down, uh, just run them over and keep going. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Fair enough. And he's like, on these roads where you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no markings on the pavement. It's black. 
and it is there is no street lights there's no lights at all so you are it's darker out on a road in guatemala than it is in my bedroom i mean it is dark and um he's like you use the gps to help you drive so he's like watch the gps and see so you know where the road's going because this is all mountains this is all like this right and there's crux so i get behind this guy's bumper and we're hauling down these narrow roads and of course i feel pretty confident because i got a semi lead blocking me so you know i'm falling behind he's passing people and we're, we're weaving in and out of traffic and so after about an hour and a half he, he flashes his lights and he separates and so i go out on my own and I'll tell you what, I, I've driven on some bad roads up in the Northwest Territories, and I've never in my life, like you're you're driving down the road and there's random speed bumps. And I've tried to get behind trucks because they know where all these things are. But I mean, there was one time I thought my whole bottom of my car was going to come off. I mean, I, I am, my car has, my truck, I'm really glad I got four-wheel drive and I'm really bad, glad I've got an older vehicle. It, it is taking a beating. <clears throat> I mean, it's like, you know, you're bouncing around. I mean, it's, it's very, and it's very engaged driving. Like you, you are a hundred percent. Like, so, you know, I hauled out all the tricks. I was like, you know, I hauled out some stimulants. I hauled out the, you know, it, you know, that's why taking really good care of yourself and being, you know, in really good health. And, and that is so important. So if you do have something, you have to do something like this, you know, you can do it. Right. So all night I drove and it took me and so once I got through a couple of the main villages, the traffic got a lot less. And there was times where I was like on the road for an hour with, I didn't see anybody, but like, you know how they, you know, repave roads and stuff where they have different levels. Well, they're doing that, but they don't shut the road down. So you're driving along and all of a sudden they've done repair work and the, the, the road like drops two feet off on one side and the other. And you're having to like, Oh, wow. So if you're going too fast, I mean, you <laughs> and, and then you're driving down the road and all of a sudden there's a dude with a flashlight standing in the middle of the road and there's three dudes doing construction work at three o'clock in the morning. It's just like, it's nuts. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm having an absolute blast, but like, I mean, there are like really weird, like, like they, they'll like do this like 90 degree angle turn in the middle of a highway uh, to get around something, it's just like, and there's very little signage. So you're, you're, you're I've got, I added some halogen big bulbs. I can light the whole, the whole street up really well. I'm really glad I added that. I was like, ah, I won't need that. I needed it. You need, you need to have like a big, one of those lights that like piss everybody off. If you turn them on uh, and you got to, you know, work on turning that off and on. And And that's the thing too, if you're in really busy traffic and like, I mean, these 18 wheelers are going by you like with that much space on the normal roads and you're getting those lights like blasted in you at your eyes. So you got to like, kind of look off to the side just a little bit because you're getting, you're getting blasted with light and extreme darkness. Uh, it's crazy. It, uh, but you know, if you go into it with the attitude, like this is going to be an all out like adventure and that, you know, I, I love it because I had to drive for eight hours, 100% in the moment. There was no like, Oh, I'm going to check my phone. No, <laughs> no, no, no. And there's none of that at all. And, uh, and so we finally, I get to the, um, I get to the El Salvador border at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, it took me a good eight and a half, nine hours with barely anyone on the road to get through Guatemala and Guatemala is not a very big country. So if it takes me doing that overnight, you could imagine 
would it be like during the day with all the people and all, all those sort of things. So I get to the, the El Salvadorian border and I'm trying to find somewhere to hang out. Um, I want to like organize my car cause everything's just stuffed in there. Um, take a little break because from what I understood the Guatemalan border, um, like where you get your stamps done, doesn't open till nine o'clock. And so I'm driving, I'm trying to find a place in this guy with a, with a badge, an Ecuadorian badge drives up to me. He says, Hey man, like I can, you go into the border. Cause there's a big line of trucks that you just kind of go by all the trucks waiting to get in. And he says, I can get you in early. This is like five or six in the morning. I was like, okay. So I went with him and I said, you know, what's your fee? And there was a fee and it was fairly reasonable. And so the funny thing is, is he does all, he takes all the papers and he goes and does, he goes, come with me, do this, sign this. He gets me through the whole process. It's like eight o'clock in the morning before the Guatemalan office even opened because he's got connections behind the scenes, got all my stamps, got everything done. So we go to get the final stamp. I guess no one had ever driven from El Salvador or not El Salvador, Guatemala to all those Salvador overnight nonstop and showed up at the next border the next day. They hadn't even entered me into the computer. So they're like, you have to wait until the person that entered you into the computer comes to work and enters you into the computer. And I was like, somebody else can't enter me in the computer. No, 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 no. So I was delayed by a couple hours, uh, but I got out of there at like 11. So I figured if I'd have showed up on my own at nine, it would, it probably, it probably, just evened itself out. So if I'd have showed up at nine, who knows? But, um, the, you know, the lady ended up, they ended up calling her and she actually did it. It was, it was, they took care of it, but it, but it was, it was crazy. So I finally get into El Salvador and, and the roads are, are much, much nicer, but, but in Guatemala too, I went through a forest fire. I don't know if it was a controlled burn, but there was flames on each side of the road that were like six to eight feet tall. And there was ash, everywhere like it was like it was snowing right and um dust and i need to check my air filter on my truck today by the way because i've gone through a lot of dust like my whole vehicle's covered in dust um it was like snowing ash um it was crazy and, and it's really sad because driving through there at night i didn't you get to well even if you're driving through the day you can't really appreciate the scenery and the beauty because you're too busy like you know i mean these are these are winding i mean they're crazy winding um so I'm trying to think, oh yeah. And so you're driving down the road and all of a sudden there'll be a caravan. They have these, like, it's almost like a railway, but it's for semi-trucks and they'll have these semi-trucks that are hauling They're big, massive, like hybrid semi-trucks. And they're hauling like 10 beds behind them. And there'll be this guy in the middle of nowhere with a pair of sticks, you know, white sticks, and he'll stop you. And all of a sudden four of these trucks come flying down this road that goes sideways. So you got to really pay attention to what, to what's going on uh, because you could end up where I don't know how many, I don't understand how more people don't get killed. Maybe a lot of people get killed on the roads down here, but the, 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 the creativity and the driving, especially motorcycles, I am blown away by some of the stuff these guys could do on like 125, 150 CC bikes. You know, I've never driven other than dirt bikes. I've never really driven bikes that small. Um, you know, I can't throw my thousand, you know, my Hayabusa or, or my Honda, you know, around like these guys. I mean, these guys are doing crazy things, getting out of little, it, it's just, I'm, I'm in total awe. So we were delayed at the, at the border. And then of course I got into town here, uh, or I got into El Salvador and, and the goal was to get down to San Miguel where I am now. 
And um, so pretty uneventful. The roads, I've only seen one speed limit sign the whole time I've been here. But the roads are very similar to Guatemala, very narrow. There's no real freeways. They go through little towns. And so I start losing fuel. And um, I'm basically like, oh, wow. So I pull over. I got a little bit of a leak. It's not a big deal. It's just there's so much. I'm, my vehicle's taking so much pounding from the bumps and from all the things. It kind of shook the fuel line loose. So I shut it off. I got down under the car on the side of the road with 18 wheelers flying by me. And I was able to put another clamp on there and get it to stop leaking. And I thought, so So I, I got rolled into town and I started looking online and I found, or I actually saw it, it, these uh, this auto shop and I pulled in. Of course, they don't speak any English and uh, they're just laughing at me. It's really funny when when you know people are laughing at you at your expense and you just smile and you're like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're making fun of you and they're like, you know, and but they were very nice. They ended up changing my oil and uh, I provided the filter for them because I brought my filters with them because they were like, you know, I just brought oil too. Um, thank you, Brett. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts and prayers. And so I brought my own oil. So they did that as well. And then I, and then I told them to look at the fuel system. And then the guy was really nice. He called his daughter who speaks English and we basically went back and forth over the phone and they, they looked everything over, tightened everything up and um, changed the oil for me. And, um, they charged me like $10. So I gave him a little extra, but 10 bucks, they, they, they spent a good hour looking over the car. And, uh, so it was great. I mean, they, that's one thing they know how to fix stuff quickly down here. So, um, you know, they're using cardboard to slide under the car and all that stuff. And, uh, it was, it was just really neat to see. And, um, they were very nice. So I went on down the road after that, um, I had obviously was delayed. I was expecting to be checked in somewhere in San Miguel with internet and all that sort of thing. So I'm on the road. I wanted to get to San Miguel because it's only like an hour to the Honduran border from here. I'm not even 45 minutes. So the idea is to get recovered from my, you know, craziness of the last two days. Um, and basically, um, rest today, do the calls that I need to do. It appears that I have a pretty good internet connection here. And it's great. This is a beautiful place. It's called Casalillo uh, de that. If you're looking at the screen, but it's a uh, they have like a a dog kennel here, and they have it's kind of like a medieval kind of like castle type deal. It's this big fortress, and it's just outside town. And I, I originally had. I got this house in, in, in San Miguel and they said they were pet friendly in the advertisement. So I signed up, but when I showed up, they didn't like my dog. So even though they had dogs running all over the property, they don't, the people are scared of pit bulls here. Like, I mean, you know, like if I take them out at a, at a gas station, like people are grabbing their children and they're running away. And the combination of big gringo with tattoos and dog <coughs> is, um, is, is, a little disheartening for some of them, whereas in the States have got, you know, tons of particularly women are just like, oh, my God, your dog is so cute here. No, they don't like pit bulls. And, you know, I can understand that. So um, I get there, I roll in at like 1030 and they're like, we can't, you know, sorry. And they weren't going to refund my, my money originally, but then they decided they would after I got a little upset. 
And um, they finally refunded me. And then I went and checked all these different places and I was able to find this place. And I got in here late last night and uh, just really cool. Like they do, the guy is, uh, a guy actually speaks really good English. Uh, he lived in the States for a while. He's down here. Um, they do a lot of events here, but it, it was really cheap, like $40 a night. And uh, so, it, you know, when I pulled up, everything here, all the hotels, all the homes are behind these big gates. So you've got to call. You just can't like roll into a hotel and like check in. You got to like go through security or you like this place is literally a fortress. It's got massive walls. Uh, it's really beautiful. They got a garden here, but he had to come out and open the gate for me to come in. And um, so we got settled in here in here last night. And so the idea is to basically to get up early tomorrow morning, hit the hit the Honduran border early. And then I've only got a tiny chunk of Honduras to get through and then get to Nicaragua, get my last two border because Nicaragua is probably going to take five, six hours and then uh, see if I could make it uh, to either Grand Pacifica or depending on how, what time it is, I need to call the Canadian consulate too, because my passport's waiting, my passport's waiting for me in Managua. So I need to go there, but they might open on a Saturday for me. I don't know. We'll see, but I'll have to call them. But that's the whole plan is to basically hit the ground running tomorrow, get through Honduras and the Honduran border from what I've heard is not that, not that terrible. And then the Nicaraguan border, I'm prepared to basically them take my entire car apart. So, um, that's, <laughs> and a lot of like technology, like, um, you know, like different things that they're looking at, like I have a battery bank, um, you know, like this one, but bigger. And they're like, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's battery, you know, solar. And so they're just, they're looking at it. They're picking stuff up and they're like, what's this? And I'm like, well, that's for this, you know? And they're like, oh, okay. Or they'll, they'll they opened my bag. It had supplements in it and they're picking them up and looking at them as vitamins, you know? So they're, it's very interesting. Um, so we will see how things go. And I plan on having, there's no fixers at the Nicaraguan border. So I'm planning, I'm hopefully having one of my friends that is fluent in Spanish. If, if I have reception, help me through the Nicaraguan border. They, it's not a bad experience from what I've heard. It's just takes forever. Right. And you got to be patient and I've got a dog and I'm by myself. Right. So, you know, if I have to leave the car running for a while, then that's fine too. But the thing is, you just got to be polite and you got to accept the fact this is not going to be like in the United States where things are convenient. Here's another tip and you might think it's gross and that's totally fine. You're driving through these cities. You can't just pull into a Starbucks and go to the bathroom. Right. And you could be stuck with nowhere to go for a long time. Uh, if you're a dude, you need to carry a coffee cup, big coffee cup so that you can, you know, do your business. So you can, you know, uh, take care of things, uh, right there. And then you can like dump it out the window later. But, um, that's a good emergency because you can't just pull off. There's not, you know, McDonald's and there's not, you know, these, you know, and you have to pay to use the, the Benos, um, at most places and most businesses will not let you use the restroom. So you've got to have that as an option. Uh, so if you're stuck in traffic, you know, I've got all my windows are tinted. So, uh, it makes it really easy to, uh, to have a restroom break, uh, in the vehicle. So that's a little tip for you. You got to do what you got to do. So, you know, overall the summary is 
I love it. It's insanely intense. Uh, if you are not patient, if you don't feel comfortable feeling um, helpless and insecure, or you know, not that I feel helpless, but really, there's nothing really I can do to control anything here. So if you can't give up that control and that security, if you're going to be anxious the whole time, I'm just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. I put myself in this situation. I'm going to make the best of it, right? Because it's going to be weird. You're going to walk into a restaurant and every person in the restaurant is going to turn and stare at you. And you just smile and wave. And, but if you don't, if that's going to bother you, if you're going to get upset by that, don't do it. Just fly, you know. But, you know, if you like adventure, if you're in good shape, and, uh, you know, because I was on top of my, I was unpacking my vehicle and repacking it. It took like three, like two and a half hours. And having to climb up on my car in the heat, no water. You know, I didn't get to eat all day. I did just fine because I do a really good job taking care of myself, you know, making sure I, I'm physically fit. That's why you do these things to make yourself more resilient so you can handle crazy situations like this. So I'm having a blast, but. You know, if you don't have the fortitude to take your time and to relax, it is not a great option for you. How you doing? Oh, thank you so much. Want some more coffee? Or yeah, I'll take some more coffee. Thank you. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, we're going to back that up so Rommel doesn't take it. So, Good boy, buddy. We'll give you a little bit. Don't worry. So they brought me out a, a traditional uh, El Salvadorian breakfast, which is like... Uh, combination of scrambled eggs peppers looks like cheese and some fried plantains what else do we got here of course we've got some bread which i'm going to eat for all you anti-bread people and the food down here i mean i eat fast food because i just had no other options i ran out of my own food there's nowhere to cook it yourself anyways um so the the food down here even the fast food is different you don't feel like crap. If you go to Burger King, it's different. It's simpler. You look at Coca-Cola on a bottle, there's three ingredients. And one of them is cane sugar. Everything, the food just tastes better and you feel better after you eat it, even the junk food, right? Um, so it's a, it's a big difference. It's a big, big difference in uh, what's in the food. Uh, some of these, some of the greatest places to eat like last night, I pulled over, like, for example, last night, because I was delayed, I had a coaching call. In the U.S., you can just go to any place that's going to have Wi-Fi. It took me an hour to find this little stand on the side of the road with 18 wheelers flying down on the highway where they were cooking food on, like, a. they made a barbecue out of, like, an old drum. Uh, they were making, uh, uh, they were making, like, I guess we'll call it burritos. They have a different word for it. Tacos, things like that. Pupusas, that's it. They're making pupusas on the side of the road. My goodness. Like, you know, this little little uh, uh, Salvadorian lady making this stuff on the side of the road in like an old metal drum that they turned into like a, a grill. I mean, phenomenal. That's the other thing about Guatemala too. You'll see people camping right on the side of the road with like, um, you know, cooking things in fire it's actually very interesting um and they had i was like wi-fi it was like oh yeah 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 so so 
that Wi-Fi right there. So I was able to do my call. I'm sitting in this little, this little shop. Uh, and, and everyone's staring at me, of course. And, and there's a, a, a like a mariachi. There's, I don't know if they call it mariachi bands here, but there's like a party going on in the background and I'm doing my, I'm doing my coaching call right there on the side of the road. So you have to be able to get creative and you have to understand if you're one of these people that like your itinerary has to be perfect, whatever you decide you're going to do in Latin America, South America, Central America, if you think you're going to do it in six hours, it's going to take 12. You think you're going to do it in 12 hours? It's going to take two days. So if you go into it with that attitude that like, hey, I could be here a week. I don't know. Like, well, that's, that's what the truck driver told me. He's like, these protesters, they back things up during the day. So you need to get out of here. So I blasted through in one night. It was crazy. Had a lot of fun. And so we're in the home stretch now. Two border crossings tomorrow. So hopefully uh, I'll probably record something for tomorrow afternoon because I, I don't want to have to do the live uh, right at 9 a.m. because I'm going to be on the road and I'm an hour behind. So I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you. I've got had a lot of messages about uh, like checking on me and stuff. I really appreciate you thinking about me. And right after this, you know, Dr. Stillman and I are actually doing uh, our, our weekly lesson. And uh, this week it's on diet and blood pressure. And um, yeah, if you need, if you want to get in on those, just get on our email list. Go to stillmanwellness.com, and then we send that out on Wednesday night. So I'm going to sign off here, take a quick break, and enjoy some of this uh, El Salvadorian breakfast. And um, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you get outside.